Hi, I'm Richard Q, and this is my podcast, Electric Communion, Conversations in Clubland. The dance music industry, like the entertainment industry as a whole, is a hard nut to crack for those wanting to carve out a full-time career. In the digital age, it seems like everyone's a DJ, myself included. In most cases, apart from the few lucky ones, you need the production chops and a string of bona fide releases under your belt to actually get anywhere these days. You could always try your hand at promoting your own night, but that's certainly a surefire way of getting yourself on the bill, but it's still not always easy. The idea for this podcast was born out of the desire to talk with some of these people who are out there trying to make it. Through frank and open conversations, I aim to find out more about the challenges they face, the successes they've had, the highs, the lows, what motivates them, as well as hopefully gleaning some advice along the way for those listeners aspiring to make it out there themselves. Electric Communion, Conversations in Club Hello, I'm Richard Q, and welcome to my podcast, Electric Communion Conversations in Clubland, episode two. I'm delighted to be with uh, my guest, uh, who no- who's goes under the artist name Reg. Hello, Reg. Hello. How Hello. are you doing? Not bad. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Um, we're here in Brighton again, and actually we're in the studio of our first guest, Fade. Uh, so thanks, Fade, for learning us the your space um and i think just kind of as a point of reference because we might talk about certain things that are coming up for example release dates or um events that are coming up today is sunday the 15th of january so reg um Beth, well your name is ethan yes i'll call you ethan you can call me either or that's fine <laughs> let's start with the name yeah uh, reg the first time i came across you um I, I i read it as rage i kind of instantly thought that it was some kind of reference some homage to the classic arm track i think came out in about 2006 mm. on inner of the same name yeah is there any kind of oh, no actually this is a question i get asked a lot and like a lot of people have messaged me before and they'd be like, oh, is this your track? And I'm like, no, man, it's, obviously it's not me. Come on. Um, so my uh, actual name is just, um, yeah, it's just, it's just my own thing. It's just my initials, like kind of rearranged it in its own way. And uh, yeah, there's no reference to the arm track. It's okay. an amazing track, but yeah, no, no reference there with me. I will. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, you were born in Gibraltar. Yeah, that's right. Born and raised. And um, so, what, what? Now you live in London. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what brought you over to London? Was it to p- pursue a, a career in music production? Yeah. So the, the where I, where I come from is a very small place. I don't know if people are, are aware of where Gibraltar is, but it's a uh, British overseas territory situated in the in the south of Spain. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just a very small place, you know, very small communities, not really, um, I don't want to say much of a music scene cause there is, but it's just not very big as opposed to like other places around the world. So I kind of knew that I wanted to pursue music a bit more seriously and like kind of, you know, just like get myself out there a bit. Um, so I knew that like, I kind of had, had to leave. Uh, I also wasn't really too happy, like just being there because like I said, it's very closed off. Um, so I just decided like for, for me personally, just to get a bit more out of life and like to carry on with music and focus a bit more, I just decided the best thing to do was to come back to London again. Mm. Yeah. Again, again, were you, were you here before? I've been in London for about five years now, yeah. back and forth. So, 
um sorry not not london but like the uk back yeah. uh, back back and forth about five years now um so yeah i was i was studying in in oxford brooks uni for about three years uh did a, a a degree there then i went to live in kingston did a master's in music business management there uh in, in westminster central london and then i just kind of hung about working uh working with reculture which, which is um, the label run by Hard Antoine. Yeah, that's correct. So I've been working with Antoine for I don't know, like five five years now, a very long time. Um, so yeah, so then kind of after after I started working with him, like COVID happened, went back home mm. for a while, and then decided to to go back to London for mm. yeah since about a year now. We'll talk a little bit more about kind of working for Reculture and uh, Antoine later. Mm. Just going back to Gibraltar. Mm. Um, I mean, were you into electronic music from an early age and kind of what was the scene there in regards to kind of dance music in Gibraltar? Because yeah. I kind of think about its proximity to like the Costa del Sol and in my head I'm thinking it's quite kind of cheesy house music. Am no, I... man, no. no? It's, yeah, it's completely different. So like, uh, funnily enough, like contrastingly from, from what I do now and like what I like, but when I first like started getting into electronic music when I was like 12 or or like 13 whatever it was like very much electro house um but kind of like a commercially housey sort of thing like i don't know if you know an artist called inna no. I, I n n a i think she was like romanian but she was like super big at the time everyone was obsessed with her anyway she ended up coming to jib and everything like that that was that was really uh uh really funny um jib 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 is just what we say for Gibraltar. Okay. You know, it's just like a like a little um what, what, yeah. acronym is that what it's called like a kind of slang, slang, slang yeah, yeah. yeah whatever yeah so after that i um started getting into actually dubstep and drum and bass you know when that when that was big back in the day like all the all the skrillex era and stuff um so at the time we used to go to a club that like and i, I mentioned this and a lot of people from back home will know uh it's called rock and the rock it's just like a, a rock club but um you know all the all the electronic events used to be there there's not many venues, unfortunately, that like facilitate the st- uh, st- um, like, you know, parties or, or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of where I started going out and getting into it. And the scene there is like, it's very small, but it's very big at the same time. There's not, like I said, there's not a lot of venues, but there's a lot of promoters, a lot of people pushing lots of things. Um, and it's kind of like the more uh, minimal sort of tech house scene that's like kind of taken over now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like predominantly what what's really going on. But like like as you know, it's not it's not really my style. So, um, and yeah. there was very few melodic like sort of parties. So like I knew like I just had to like get out of there for a bit. To, yeah. To sort of progress, you know. And 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 obviously, alongside your uh, producing, now you're a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get more into that later. But did you do any kind of DJing back then in Gibraltar? Yeah. So. I, I'm 26 now, but I've been I've been doing this like DJing music whatever since I was 16. Um, so way back when, yeah, we, I used to do like not a lot, but every once in a while I used to I used to play a party, mm. which was uh, which is quite fun. Um, and what was your style then? Because you said you kind of got yeah, into melodic so house wasn't kind of the thing then. It wasn't kind of the thing. It was more like deep house at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. that what were kind of some of your influences then? So people like Dusky and like Disclosure, that was kind of the vibe back then. Remember when they when they were like kind of big, like right. it was that sort of like Deep House era, like that was the thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when did you first kind of started producing music yourself and, and, what, and what kind of got you into it? 
Um, so what? Why I got into it? The, the first reason why was um, because when I when I was sixteen, I started DJing. Like I kind of knew that I wanted to take that a bit further. Like I wanted to be like on on stages, just playing music, you know, just having fun and stuff. But I also kind of realized that the only reason I would actually get there is if I actually start making music of my own, which is how generally it works. Like people make music, mm. and they're like, "Whoa, this guy's really sick!" Blah blah blah. Like let's let's book him. And it just kind of goes from there. So I knew in my head that like, okay, if I want to be a DJ, I have to make music. Um, so that took me about five years to actually get started. Um, and it was in third year in uni. Uh, I started listening to, I started learning on FL Studio. And my two housemates, uh, Jezen, who is also another producer, he's he's doing quite well at the minute. And my other housemate, Yakub, they, they kind of like taught me how to use FL and, and so on. Um, so yeah, that's the whole reason why I started it in the first place. And like, um, obviously, like my my mind's kind of changed about it now. Like, I I don't want to be like this like superstar DJ. I just enjoy making music because I think it's a it's a nice way to you know let out what I'm feeling and let out like what what's in my head, you know? Yeah. So you, generally, you were self taught or you were taught by friends. Did you ever do any kind of actual production courses? Um. So I was kind of like taught the basics and then. I kind of went from there, but I'm I'm kind of that guy. I like to self teach myself. Did I do any production classes? Yes, but later on. So, uh, like I said, I started when I was about twenty one. That was about five years ago, and then the pandemic was two years ago. Yeah. Right. So during the pandemic, that's when I started doing like you know all these master classes were popping up. I did one of uh, Era. I did Frank Wiedemann's one. I did Jimmy Jules's one. I did Matthias Scoba, uh, Toto. Um, I think that was it. I did quite a few at the time because you know they were they were quite cheap. Well, apart from Frank's one, but they were quite cheap. Um, so it was just like, well, I'm not really doing much anyway, so I might as well just go for it and and learn something from these guys who are obviously doing very well. Yeah, and yeah. and actually, my first guest Fade, he talked about the Jimmy Jules one and mm. kind of, you know, very much kind of influenced by what he had to say. Was was there anybody in particular? out of who you just mentioned who really kind of resonated with you or did you just take kind of a little bit from each of them yeah um so a hundred percent the best thing i ever did like or the best course i ever took at that time was uh eras masterclass ralph um just simply because he it was nice to see his approach because obviously his his tracks are, are amazing they're really great and it was nice to see like how he actually did it but when it actually came down to it it was literally nothing special. It's just like, well, you know, there's there's a, there's a few things there, like you gotta know what you're doing, but like, it, it was just simple. He's like, I don't, don't overcomplicate things. Like, mm. I just get straight to the point. If it sounds good, it sounds good. Mm. If it's not, well, you know, I'll just do something else. And that kind of made me feel a bit better because, you know, I, I at the time I was a bit like, you know, I have to make things like technical and you know, sound good. Like, what if this isn't like how it's supposed to be? But it kind of made me realize that at the end of the day, as long as it, record sounds good or like something sounds good like that's it mm. that's all you need to do so i don't like overcomplicating situations it's just simple straightforward go and that's it for me so uh like because of him i was able to kind of like be a bit more comfortable with that um with that belief you know? yeah and i was gonna actually come to error later but i think now's a good time as any because the first time i ever came across you uh your name was I think it was last year mm. when Ura was playing um, at the... It was an interpret 
muting the noise. Muting the noise is the it's the record store, isn't it, in Berlin? Yeah, the record store in Berlin. Uh, and he played alongside uh, Upper Sen and Santiago Garcia. That's right. Yeah. And he played a track which we'll come to later. Um, that uh, you know, Golden Day. I I've come to understand that you have some kind of relationship with him now. I think, uh, yeah, you, you know, you obviously played your track and I know that I'm just watching Instagram, he's currently playing uh, one of your upcoming tracks. How did that kind of relationship come about? Uh, so funnily enough, I, I mentioned this earlier, Rock and the Rock, uh, a friend, a very good friend of mine from back home, Jesse Trinidad, um, yeah, which maybe, yeah. maybe you've heard of him before. And I, I've seen him play quite a lot. He's obviously a good friend of yeah, yeah. himself. So, so we actually live like five minutes from each other like back, back home, which is funny enough. In Gibraltar? In Gibraltar, right, yeah. Okay. So when, when I go back, I try to go to the studio with him. But um, anyway, so right after like the pandemic sort of sort of came out, uh, sorry, like people started coming out again, like, yeah. you know, we could we could go out and stuff. Sure. He did this party um, with his with his um, sort of like promoter thing called Handpicked. And he brought Ralph over, who was uh, Ralph Azera, sorry. Yeah. He brought Ralph over from, from Malaga, where he was living at the time. And it was just this really small party of like 50 people. And, um, you know, I had, I'd never met him before, but mm. like I knew this was like a really good chance to to meet him. So we were there, rocking the rock, you know, and like I went up to him, I was like, oh, hi, Ralph. Like, mm. I'm Ethan, like this and that. And then we just started speaking. And yeah, I, uh, I met his uh, girlfriend, Navina, who's also a lovely person. Um, she does like uh, Instagram art, like she takes pictures and kind of edits them and they, they look really sick. Um, so it was super great to meet them both. And like, you know, every time I see them, they're always so nice with me. And like, we still chat here and there. But um, he's based in Berlin now, is he? Right now he's in, he's living in Malaga still. He right, was okay. living in Berlin, but he's, he's living in, in Malaga. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I've never met him in person, but he, I, I spoke to him a couple of times on kind of Instagram, but he seems like a very approachable kind of down-to-earth person mm. i know that obviously uh, you said before he um or, or somebody well maybe it was fade who said before that he, he played i think it was in last year he played uh, at a night monica's night yeah down in, in brighton and all those guys have kind of got a good relationship with him as well mm-hmm. um but yeah let's let's talk about that track so the track that uh, he played um, at that muting in the, the muting the noise uh, session was a track called Golden Day. Golden Day. Um, right. Which, when I first heard that, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." <laughs> um, <you>. At the <laughs> time, I didn't realise who the sample was by. I was really mm. kind of um, affected by the the, the vocals, uh, yeah. but I didn't put two and two together. Even though actually, I'm quite a, a, a fan, or I was certainly back in the day of this this band, I'll let you kind of talk about it and kind mm. of where that uh, that sample came from and, and, and why you chose that. If you want to talk a little bit more yeah, about that Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, like, I, mo- most of the time when I put vocals in tracks, it's it's kind of like the final piece. So I, I made this track. It was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was sounding good and stuff. And I was like, hmm, kind of needs a vocal. So like I said before, simple, straightforward. Like there's, there's nothing glamorous about like the music I make or whatever. There's no like, like crazy story, but just literally googled like a song in that key okay and it was the first one that came out i was like oh red hot chili peppers like i, I know them so, so, I so you weren't familiar with the track beforehand no no okay Interesting. Uh, even though I, I know them i do know a few of these songs but i never heard this specific track so i played it can you tell the listeners what track that was yeah it's a track called turn it around from it's the, on the from it's the... on the stadium arcadium which is a double album which exactly I, yeah. I was a big fan of them and yeah. I, I listened to this album i've not listened to i don't think anything since but 
when I saw it the other day, I was like, oh, I must have listened to that back in yeah, the day. And I completely, because it's not a, a, a very well-known exactly. kind of Chili Pepper song, is it? But not? it kind of surprised me after, because after I did some digging, like what kind of track I've been up and I was like, oh, like, people must know this song. But like, no, no one really knows it. I was like, well, it's a great song, man. Right. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just heard the song and I was like, well, you know what? Like, I'll, I'll snip the vocals and just give it a go. And at the time I put it in, I was like, mm, kind of goes, but I'm like, I'm not too sure about it. So I was like, yeah. Um, then I just can't kind of send it out to a few people, Brad being one of them. Um, and it was actually the night of, of Tough Manor, um, the first one. I'd gone out. That's Lost in a Moment. Lost in a Moment, yes. Dixon yeah. and Arms, yeah. uh, kind of Innovisions Festival, which has been running for yeah, so, a year so, now. Yeah. So not that one, the, the year before, the one that Labyrinth, uh, well, it, was, it was both run with Labyrinth, but the first one they did. I was coming back on the bus, and as I come off the bus, um, I get a I get a message on, on Instagram from uh, from Era. I'm like, all right, this, this is a bit weird. So I open it and it's like someone on his story like playing my track in I think it was in Libya, right, or Lebanon, something like that, Lebanon, Lebanon. Um, and obviously in that moment I was like, guys, I was telling my friends like, guys, he's he's doing it. Oh my god. Yeah. And like obviously, like I said, nothing glamorous about what I do. I just make music in my bedroom. To me, when I see someone play something of mine that like I just made and you know just went beside my bed it's just like mind-blowing to me yeah um it is amazing track it really yeah, is and <laughs> and 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 it's unreleased yeah do you want to is, is that down to kind of copyright issues I, it's it's kind of down to a few things like the, I it stayed unreleased for a while just principally because I I think people are a bit afraid to touch it because of the copyright as you mentioned but also like um it's it's helped me a lot in its own way of like making connections. Like I've met so many people um, because of it. Like you know, you, um, the guys, uh, uh, Monica. I think uh, I might have met Fade as well through that as well. But like anyway, just like generally, loads of people, like bigger artists as well, have have even reached out to me and like been like, oh, this is your track, and I'm like, yeah, man, this is my track. Like, do you do you want it? And yeah, just it's just like it's done its job for me. So like I don't know if it has to be released or if it should be but you know if people are interested and and kind of want to take it somewhere then you've never had any kind of um correspondence communication with chili peppers or did do you do you know if no, they no. know it's out there <laughs> unfortunately we're not on talking terms in the minute so <laughs> as in they so they they know no i just don't know that. okay okay <laughs> did you have a proper like release before that or did you really just come after Be before golden before day before golden day um yeah i think uh the first track that i ever had come out which is rough cut yeah it's a track that came out on the bag of tricks volume 2 va on metrica right. um which is a label based in malaga mm. uh, i think that track did come out before i'm not sure if um i also had, had another track called uh, Kanya groove which is um came out on uh, touch of culture VA with with free culture. I don't know if it if Golden Day was kind of made after right. that or before that, but it, yeah, it was kind of around that time when when that second track came out. Electric Comedia conversations. Okay, we'll talk about some of the other releases. So you mm. you mentioned um, the one on Metrica. Mm -hmm. uh, you had uh, a release didn't you on had Antoine's who we talked about already uh Reculture mm -hmm. uh, which track was that um, that was it's a track called Canyon Group. oh the one yeah. that you just mentioned yeah and then you had 
last year uh, you had another track on a compilation, Frankensteinino, which are the the the, the German duo mm-hmm. uh, who uh, head up the label Some Other Histories. Yeah, and right. that was uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna delve into that track a little bit later. Um, you've also then you've had your first like kind of proper release that you mm-hmm. had uh, an EP. Yeah, first EP with uh, with Kiosk ID. Um, which are the guys that run uh, Katzenblau, it's a club in, in, in Berlin, I think it is. Um, but yeah, they were nice enough to, to kind of approach me and be like, oh, like, you know, we, we really like your, your tracks. I've been speaking with uh, Myra a lot, who's a, a very big DJ. She uh, is kind of like the label liaison for, does like the A&R and stuff like that. So mm. she, um, I sent her some demos after Kanye Groove came out, which she was playing quite a bit. And she's like, oh, I really like this stuff. Like, let's see if we can do something on, on Kiosk Idea. I was like, yeah, sure, man. let's go for it. Mm. So we did a free track EP. And that's called The Alborian Sea. Alboran Sea. Alboran Sea, Alboran sorry. Sea, yeah. And and I during my research, mm. I, I, I was I wonder if that Alborian Sea is Alboran Sea is a real place. Yeah. Uh, and I've learned <laughs> a lot. So it's it's kind of the westernmost part of the Mediterranean, that part between right, the yeah. Gibraltar yeah, and, exactly. and, and yeah. Morocco, Northern Africa. Yeah. So again, you kind of, is that a conscious thing about referencing home or? Yeah, kind of. So like, uh, actually, yeah, we, we were discussing this earlier before the podcast, but um, so the reason why it's called Abrancy is like you mentioned, the, the location is in the proximity of like kind of where Gibraltar is. It's kind of got Africa there in the south, and it's got like Spain just just north of it. So it's kind of like my home, you know. Um, but in that track, in the in the track Albarancia, there's the there's like a texture in the back, and like it's the waves of of like the ocean or the or the sea, whatever. Um, so I kind of always like to include like little bits of of things that like maybe only I'll know or other people will realize. But it just felt like. You know, like I was putting part of the of where I'm from into yeah. into my music, so that's kind of why I named it after that. Um, so yeah, and all these releases so far, I mean, um, did it all just work out naturally, or did you kind of have, you know, knockbacks along the way? You know, originally you kind of wanted maybe, or you kind of uh, envisaged. One of your tracks be on this label and mm-hmm. then that didn't happen and then it kind of got passed down until yeah. eventually got released or was it just it all went smoothly and everybody who you kind of hope for the release to be on yeah released it i i don't know I, th- I, th- I feel like it's kind of gone a bit smoothly but you know like these things never really are like 100 percent smooth you mm. know like a lot of these things take a long long time mm. and you just gotta be patient and like that's that's something that fade also said he, yeah. he kind of realized that this game you it's, exactly it's, it's a long game yeah you know yeah, you yeah. send something out you have to wait quite a long yeah. time and then just nothing really kind of yeah. happens very quickly yeah well thank- thankfully like most of the time i send something out like i, I normally get a response like uh, a week or two the latest and I'm like oh like we really like this like you want to do something with it and i'm like yeah sure like, mm. like why not um but it's funny and something I didn't realize like personally was that um, they'd be like, I want to sign a record with you, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm like, all right. And then you just won't hear back from them for like months. And you're like, oh, uh, what's going on? Man? Like, <laughs> do, do they still like my music or, or what? And then you just hear like two months before, like 
oh where's, where's your pre-masters like all oh, this stuff and you're like, so it's very like um i i did realize that like you just have to be patient yeah. and wait and just kind of like and i guess you kind of don't want to be pushy about yeah, saying, hey, like, you know, uh, why time, are you not going touch with me? Yeah, there's been times that I've like got back and I've just been like, guys, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> um, which is fine. I mean, like at, at, at the end of the day, like I think it's only normal that, that I ask because sure. I'm interested. Like, yeah. I just I just kind of want to know. But um, also at the same time, like you just got to you just got to be patient and realize these people are also busy yeah. and have lives, you know, so. Well, I chose a track that um likes to discuss a little bit more, and mm. we're gonna play a snippet in a minute, and that's Ghost in the Shell, which yes. came out kind of towards the end of last year, mm-hmm. and that came out on, uh, as I said, Frankie and Sandrino's label, Some Other Histories. I'm a big fan of Frankie and Sandrino, and and the stuff that they release. I love that track, um, and I think what I really like about that track is the kind of choral arrangement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When it works, I love tracks that have a bit of kind of choir in it. I think that's my love of film. I, I'm a big fan of soundtracks and composers such as mm. Hans Zimmer. Um, and I just just love that. Talk to me about that uh, that choral arrangement. Yeah, was it what sure. was the did where did you get that? Was it a sample or uh, and and kind of was the track built around that or did mm. you make the track and then you found the sample later? Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because the sample is, or where I got the sample from, was uh, from a film, an anime film called Ghost in the Shell. Is that the enough. one with uh, Scarlett Johansson in it? Yes, but the the animated version, okay. not, not the, but it's the same the same film. Um, right. But anyway, like in in the opening scene, like because in in the film she's like a robot, she's like a cyborg. It's a track called, or there's a scene called like the making of a cyborg, which is where those vocals. Um, come from or where I, I found them um, but I had heard these vocals used before in two different tracks once in 2015 16 uh, like off Sona I saw John Talibot play there uh, in Pablo Espanol for the Univision Showcase and he played a track I can't remember the name of it like I have it on my phone I always forget the name but it had that vocal and that's when I heard it the first time I was like whoa like that vocal from that anime is on this song and I'm like and it sounds like sick um so then like i always had it in the back of my head i'm like oh, maybe maybe i'll use that one day because like mm-hmm. i know where it's from um so yeah then i made this track uh it's called uh, i don't i don't remember what it was called originally but yeah um ghost in the shell and again much like golden day i said hmm, this might be cool with a vocal or something and uh yeah i just kind of slapped it on so before you found that kind of sample it was just the same track without the exactly the same right. track without without the sample just the song itself and I was like all right let's let's try it with the, with the sample um I got a bit, few feedback from friends and some of them were like oh yeah this is like quite sick it's interesting how people were like mm, no I don't know about feeling and I was a bit like hmm not too sure about this one again and um yeah I just kind of stuck with it and then you know and was <laughs> uh frank and Sandrino's label some of history's your kind of the, your first choice did you send it to them no at all but like like as i mentioned uh before golden day the, uh, let's let's call it like a bridgeway track and just like opened a lot of doors for me and they kind of reached out to me asking for it and i was like look guys i'd love to send you some more tracks okay um and that was one of the tracks that i that i sent to them and then uh a couple of days after that it was one morning I woke up uh, to go gym before work and um, and yeah, it's just saw a message like and, and it said, 
uh, hey fan like we wanna sign like Ghost in, Ghost in the Shell on the on the next uh, Some of the Histories VA and like that and that moment like I read that and like I just started crying it's like it's wow. got it's got to be yeah a lovely feeling to kind of yeah for people of kind of that stature you know they're yeah. quite big in in the kind of the genre of music we kind of love melodic house the kind of that music associate with as I said before that mm. Berlin um to get them you know for them to get in touch with you and and, and yeah and, exactly and really like, kind of when when it happened in that moment I was just a bit like like this is so surreal yeah. but it also kind of solidified in my head that like all right like all the work you've been putting in like all these years and all this time like you finally got to a point where like you know mm. now you're getting somewhere and how long did you spend if you can recall like on that track but was it something that you you know labored over for a very long time or um it was a long long time ago to be honest with you um i'd probably say like maybe like it takes me a couple of hours to get the general idea of a track in and then maybe a week or so to just kind of touch it up master yeah. it you know all that stuff so yeah maybe maybe i'd say like a week more or less yeah um but normally with like most of the or what i would call a good track for myself like it just kind of like happens it just kind of like flows on all into one so yeah just takes about a week to finish up yeah yeah okay cool let's listen to that track now Hear this track on the Sum Over Histories compilation Path of the Integral 6, which I think came out uh, towards the, end, the back end of last year. Yeah, more or less. I think it's probably a good time to talk a little bit about your approach to music production. So, um, do you have an approach as such? Um, you know, do you have a kind of routine? Are you quite disciplined or is it quite you know sporadic? Yes, yeah, so um, I, uh, I, I work as a bartender. It's just kind of like how I get my money in, in general. Also, apart from that, I work uh, sort of like on the side with uh, Reculture and Animus Dance to to record labels. Just like doing some admin, like behind the uh, back end stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, just in general, just like other music stuff. Like maybe I do some promoting and, and you know, all these things. So like, it's a bit difficult for me to like have a routine because as a bartender, I do work late nights. So I always try get up like between 10 and 11, kind of just work on some stuff and then you know, then in the afternoon, just head into work. Um, and then it's, it's kind of the mornings where I get all my all my stuff done. I'll either like work on music or do label stuff or like maybe have chats with people, listen to some demos that they've sent through or like give advice to, to other friends who have been like, oh, you know, I have this track, like, like, what do you think? You know, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of where all my business gets done. Mm. I do try follow this routine, not super strictly, like, you know, have a late night or whatever. Like, Do you find that as a, you know, a certain part of the day where you work better, like in the mornings and kind of maybe once you've come off a, like a bar shift, like yeah. you said, 
do you ever do you would you still work in like into the late into the kind of yeah, the evening I, or i've thought about it but i kind of don't want to be that night owl either you know because like society kind of works the other way around yeah where like people sleep in the night and and you know are awake in the day so it'd be the opposite for me so i don't really want that kind of routine also, I can't really bang out music at like three in the morning because mm. neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it has to be it has to be the mornings when everyone's at work and just yeah. by myself and like you know, mm. it kind of fits well for me. Um, but yeah, you touched you touched upon like my my process and like, yeah. how I how I go about making music and um, yeah, there's, there's, there's not really anything special like you know simple straightforward. I just like to maybe i come in with an idea or like a sample like an instrument i've heard it just needs like one little thing to to start the snowball and then once it starts rolling down the hill like it, it just keeps going other times i just sit down no ideas i'm just messing about on the on the keyboard specifically what i use is a, a korg minilog um so in all my songs i've ever made and probably for a long time to come uh that is just where i use it's, it's just my bread and butter um, and are you using Ableton? Obviously, my first part yeah. of the podcast, I guess Fade. He he used Ableton. Mm -hmm. It seems to be um, that that is the software, and I, and I, I'm not a producer at all. So it seems to be that that's the software to really use in the genre of music that you and, and Fade uh play m melodic house yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, I, i'm saying melodic house kind of loosely no? yeah very loosely <laughs> um, um yeah so like I, I mentioned earlier i started with fruity loops um it was just what my friends fruity loops i think i remember that back <laughs> in it's a really kind of rudimentary kind of program uh, on what, commodore 64 or something <laughs> yeah trim no, Fruit Loops is okay. Like okay. If, it, if, it, if it works, it works. You know, right. like, okay. there's, there's no like special ingredient. Sure. But I just knew at the time that like I kind of wanted something a bit more advanced, so I jumped onto Ableton after a year, and uh, yeah, that's predominantly what I've used and of what I've been using. Um, it may just be because I I have Windows. Like I know that Mac users tend to prefer um, Logic, just you know, because mm. it because it comes with it. Um, but yeah, I I. I've tried Logic a few times, it's not really my thing. Also not compatible on, on Windows, I don't think. So I uh, just had to be able to, man. That Do you it. use a lot of hardware or are you, again, like in the box where you, mm -hmm. you know, uh, predominantly uh, just use Ableton and the kind of the, the things that it offers, the sample packs mm -hmm. and all the kind of software that you can download? Do you have a lot of kind of external hardware? Uh, so surprisingly, like, as I mentioned, I use the Korg a lot for my synths and everything. That's just kind of to get a bit of an outside element. There's a lot of good stuff on Ableton, like VS VSTs and, and Stockwise. Like, I think the stuff you have there is incredible. It's just how you use it and you have to know how to use it correctly. And that is a skill within itself. Um, so yeah, this may be a surprise to, to a lot of people, but like, I just use most of the stuff mm. like that. And do you um, spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos or how to use these? A different kind of yeah. piece of software or do you just kind of get your head around it yourself uh no so like kind of when i was starting off i didn't really know much to be honest like i can even tell you i, I can't play any instruments i have zero music theory zero mastering theories zero like like i just i just like music man mm. i just like n know how to make music sound good like in a non-boastful way but like mm. i just know how to get it though so obviously like i was 
making music at the start and obviously the mix and mastering wasn't sounding too great so i kind of had to go on youtube and watch like 10 minutes tutorials like okay what is uh limited do uh what does a compressor do what is the point of panning what is this what is that and now i kind of understood that i'm like all right like you kind of have to use these things because it, it does make a difference you know mm. so do you have lots of kind of tracks projects going on at the same time or do you like to just focus on one specific project mm. no I, I i really try like uh i don't want to use the word hyper focus but like it's it's well focused on for like um the next week you know like i'll start with a track idea and if i it only if i like it if i don't like it i'll i won't bin it i won't bin anything but like i'll just kind of put it in a different folder like uh like a uh, graveyard or, or whatever yeah. <laughs> um but um yeah so like i'll focus on that because i'm like oh this idea is sick so like i'll make it a couple of hours in the morning you know head to work and once i'm going to work and stuff i'm literally listening to that song all day like on, on my hour journey to work like all the time repeat i'm just like wow this is like sick or like what can i do what does it need this and that then i go to work give a rest to my ears like forget about the song and come back on the way home again listen 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 and then the next day when I wake up with fresh ears, normally then I'm like, all right, now I kind of understand like how the track is and where it kind of needs to go. Um, so again, that's another part of my process, but no, I normally just focus on one. I don't want to blur the lines between one thing or another. I know very, very quickly if something's working out for me or not. If it's not, I'm just like, forget it. I'll make something else. Because I know that talking to other producers and sometimes you can kind of get stuck in this kind of rut where you're, you're always kind of analysing mm. it or over-analysing it and going, oh, I could just do this, do yeah. that. Do you kind of fall into that yourself? Or are you, again, just very good at saying, right, no, this is it, actually, enough's enough. Yeah. Actually, I don't. Like, I only ever do that when I know, when I'm like, I know there's, there's a good track like hidden here, but it's just like... I have to find it, you know, I have mm. to like dig out all the, all the stuff that's on top and just, and just find it. It's very rare that that happens to me, thankfully, but I am normally very quick at like, you know, I have a little session in the morning after like two hours or an hour, I'm just like doing something and I'm, and I just stop for a second. And I listen and I'm just like, nah, it's not working out. So mm. I just close it, whatever, tomorrow's another day. You yeah. mentioned like the word kind of graveyard before. Yeah. Do you have lots of tracks of kind of uh, half tracks that are in this graveyard that uh do you ever go back to them and go okay maybe we could just do something with this or do you just leave them and, and do you have lots of, kind of stuff in the graveyard everyone does yeah everyone has stuff in everyone has their own personal graveyard do i ever go and visit them <laughs> no. <laughs> no um very rarely will i go back and be like um all right what's going on here because i feel like if it didn't really work out the first time well, it's not going to work out the second time, is it? So okay. uh, maybe that there was something there yeah. that I was like, oh, that track I made like, like I don't know, like two mm. weeks ago. There was like a weird sound there that kind of goes with something here. So this is the reason why I keep everything because it's happened a couple of times where I've actually thought, oh, that sound that was there would go perfectly yeah. here. There's good bits or, that you can or, lift and... Yeah, or an idea that I had there, like I can replicate that in, in, in this song. Um, so I think it's very important to keep everything just base, basically because of that. Um, just one to reflect and two, even though I don't reflect, but one to reflect and two to like pick and mix. Sure. You know? Okay. So we've got a little bit of an exclusive right here. Mm. You are, um, going to play a little bit, a, a bit of a snippet of a new track that is coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you have a release date now, but, um, uh, at the minute, no, but, um, yeah, I can say that it's, it's coming out on the next 
uh, Mumbai Records V8, Brilliant. which I'm very, very, very excited about. Um, they were kind enough to to allow us to you know use a short snippet yep. of the track. And, and it's uh, called Flying in Your Dreams. Flying in Your Dreams. And I know there's a little yeah. bit of a backstory about it. I think yeah. it links to, you know, again, your homeland. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, there's, it's, it's a bit of a deep one. There's a bit of context to it. So I made this track the day before I left uh, Gibraltar to, to move to London. Um, it was the night before, actually. Uh, and I was feeling very, like, you know, overwhelmed and, and kind of excited and stressed and, you know, like a very big mix of emotions. Um, just principally to give a bit of context, I was kind of leaving everything that I had, like job, family, friends, everything behind and just like, you know, to go to London. And so at the time, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, Oof, I, I don't really want to be doing anything, but I, I'm going to try express my feelings um, on a track. So that's basically what I did. And um, yeah, at the end of it, I was just like there with like uh, uh, tears in my eyes. Like it was it was very emotional moment for me. Um, because it was just like imprinting something that that like those feelings in that moment on 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 a song, um, and now originally it was it was never meant to be released. Like it was just a track I made, you know, just for me. But I kind of just sent it out in a, in a big package of of demos, just because I thought, yeah, well, like you know, you never know. And uh, yeah, they were lucky enough. It was, I was lucky enough to for them to like it, so um, we just kind of went for it. And um, and Mumbai Records. For those who don't know, is uh, headed up by Alex Medina. By Alex Medina, yeah. Um, and it was nice that that he picked up this track because I feel like it, it kind of at least tells a story to me of, um, you know, like um, it's scary to kind of leave everything you have to like follow follow your dreams, but sometimes it's it's got to be done, you know. Yeah. And that's why I, I just named it "Flying in Your Dreams." Like, just gotta jump and fly and, and, and just go for it, as cringy as that may sound. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just like a little reminder for me like to do what I do and I hope that that message is kind of conveyed to everyone else because that's just what I like to promote, that if you want to if you wanna go for something and do it, then then just go for it. The only one that's stopping you is you. So, yeah. Let's check a bit of that out now. So this track is coming out soon on Alex Medina's uh, Mumbai Records and I know you've got a few other things in the pipeline I've seen on Instagram. You've got some really big DJs certainly in, in the scene that we follow um, and uh, they're playing a couple of tracks as well. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's, it's, it's basically unreleased stuff so I won't give away too much but um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to see again stuff I'm, I'm making in my bedroom and like some of the biggest artists are like like it enough to to play it out in um 
in massive clubs and warehouses, which is quite surreal. And again, just reinforces that what I'm doing is is good and like you know just like to keep going. So yeah, it's it's good. Do you send these these tracks out on mass and 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 or are you specifically targeting people like um and obviously we we've already talked about the relationship you have with Era. Yeah, yeah so it it kind of works in both ways. Like either I kind of know the person or we've chatted before, so that gives me a window for me to be like, oh man, here, you know, here's some new tracks from mine. Like you know, feel free to play or or whatever you want. Um, but then there's also uh, a window of opportunity to like just send it out to someone else and be like, hey man, like I think I made this stuff. Like I think it's kind of your vibe. Like if you want to play it out, you go for it. And then you know, again, it's part of the networking thing. Like just getting mm. your name out there, making contacts and so on. And um, do you do you find out that whether they're going to play these tracks out before? Do you literally? find out that they're playing those tracks from somebody recording on Instagram and somehow it comes back to you and they're like, bro, right, Some, and then you... Sometimes there's not even a response, man. All you see is 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 uh, if they've downloaded it or not on, on like SoundCloud. And then you're like, well, okay, we'll see. We'll see like if there's videos running around there or not, but that's kind of the only way you'll find but I'm that. always interested. If it's an unreleased track, how yeah. does somebody who's filming it know that it's your track and how does it get back to you in the first place? Contacts, right? That's it. We talked about Hard Antoine quite mm. quite a bit, and obviously he's um, kind of in a similar position to you at the moment. He's getting a lot of his tracks being uh, played out by the likes of Arm and, and Dixon and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have a kind of relationship with him. You, I saw on your Instagram bio that you were a, a, a label manager or something for his yeah. So record so culture. so I uh, I'm a record label assistant for Reculture. And uh, kind of like the sister label, Animus Dance. Um, so Reculture is based in London. Animus Dance based in um, Cyprus, is it? In Mykonos. Oh, Mykonos. Mykonos yeah. So Greece. Uh, kind of run by um, uh, Elias, uh, Joe, uh, Maglia, and uh, yeah, and Antoine, and a few other guys like behind the scenes. But I won't go into it too much. Uh, yeah, and then Reculture is just mainly Antoine, who's the uh, is the uh, kind of the boss, and then it's just me who. Kind of helps them out with, um, you know, like the the admin, day to day running, like A and R, you know, all that stuff. Um, so, for example, the the recent Monica EP that we uh, that we released recently, which is uh, fantastic, by the way, big shout out to them. Um, yeah, they they kind of send me the tracks, like just like oh, you know, like this is what we're we've been making recently, and I really like them, so I sent it off to him, and I was like, bro, these are these are sick, like. Like let's do something with it, and yeah, after some time, just ended up releasing the record. And on average, um, are you getting, you know, a week? How many tracks have you been sent? Uh not too much at the minute. It's, mo it's mostly just from friends, you know, like like other artists or producers I know. Um, and I'll just ask. I'll just let them know, like you know, like I'm here to help, or like I'm here to help anyone. Like if anyone wants to send music through as a as a demo or or whatever, like I'm always open to listening. Um, so that's just kind of what I, I tell my, my music friends, like, yeah, if you have somebody send it through, I'll see what I can do. Electric Communion, Conversations in Conversations. You know, usually mm. people produce because maybe they love producing, um, but that's what they do. But, you know, if you really kind of want to make a career mm. in, in the kind of dance music industry, the production side is a driver to get more DJ gigs. Well, I mean, would you agree with that? Do you make much money, honestly, from 
you know, just the singles that are out on Beatport and mm. and the likes. It's like the money mainly comes from the gigs, and it's only principally because I I mean I'm I'm not an expert on this. I don't really know uh, like how it works a hundred percent. But from what I understand is that um, because of the whole algorithm thing, you know, Spotify and stuff, the number of streams and listens you need to gain in order to start making some money is quite an extraordinary number like like you know millions of of streams of plays which obviously our music's a lot smaller so we, we it's difficult for us to reach a, such a high number like that so just principally based off that fact and like just how it works in in that sort of realm and like you know people buying music and stuff which isn't a very common thing um that basically why more money or the money comes from mm. gigs sort of thing mm. yeah so the djing is kind of your bread and, bread and butter yeah um and you've got quite a few exciting gigs coming up which yeah. we'll talk about in a second i mean do you at this point are you in a position where um you are just waiting for gigs to come in or are you still kind of actively trying to find gigs yourself some people have reached out and been like, oh, like, you know, kind of want to do something with you either now or in the future. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, of course. Sounds great. Or, you know, I have other other friends as well who, uh, you know, run events and, and I've asked them, I'm like, oh, you know, like it'd be, it'd be cool to do something in the in the future. So I, I guess it works both ways, and especially for someone who's um, a lot smaller, uh, like myself, who's not really getting asked like, to play gigs and, and so on just, just yet you kind of have to put in some some weight as well uh especially because i'm not with like um you know like an agency mm. or, or i have an agent or anything like it's just kind of me putting in all the, all the work mm. um so yeah um, so next week um which will be what saturday the 21st of january i think yeah you've got a very exciting looking uh, gig in malaga yeah um, that's, right. that's yeah. metrica which is yeah. a label that you've released on mm -hmm. and you are playing alongside well some of my favorite um kind of producers djs at the moment you've got adrian roman mm -hmm. he's from spain you've got in peru mm -hmm. some people i really think are kind of pushing the kind of the boundaries of melodic yeah. house that must that must be yeah it's, it's it's super great i mean uh it's the ninth anniversary for for metrica like which is obviously for me it's a privilege to to for that they asked me to to join them for it um also going to be really great, really fun to see some of my friends who are, who are coming over. Gibraltar is very mm. close to, to Malaga. Uh, it's going to be nice to be back home as well and nice to, you know, finally play a gig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also the other artists on the lineup, um, uh, I think it's going to be like a really great party. Like you said, uh, Adrian Roman, friend of mine as well, uh, Imperio, which I, I haven't met before, but um, I've always been very interested in his tracks and like seeing him live. Uh, we've got Argia there as well, who's who's been doing very well recently. Uh, Marino Canal, he's been doing very well in Spain as well. Uh, Miguel, who's the boss of uh, Medica, and of course Jesse, Jesse Trinidad, a good, very good friend of mine. So it'd be nice to, you know, share yeah. the stage with him and see him after after so long. Do you think? Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time thinking about your set? Because I know that's kind of divided into two camps. I guess you know you've got some people who do think quite a lot about what they're going to play, and then you've got the other side who kind of literally just, just rock up and yeah. just go with the vibe. I mean, where are you? You know, I I try and have that rock up and just go with it kind of vibe, but man, that is not me. I was having this chat with uh, Red Freya about it because she's playing around a lot, so I was just asking her for advice, like you know. I haven't really played a gig in, in a long time. Like, what can you advise? And she told me that 
she's quite an over preparer as well. Mm. Um, and I was like, all right, that made me feel a bit more comfortable because I'm I'm the guy that comes with like five pen drives and right. like, the, all this like extra playlists and stuff like that. And then like usually I'll turn up and like oh man, like everything I've made is just like not the vibe. So I kind of have to like reconstruct everything from from there and just kind of go in a different direction. Yeah. Um, but it's very much so like you just got to get there and see what the vibe is, you know? I think, um, just yeah. Just feel, feel, feel the crowd. Like, what, what are they saying to you and what you're going to say back as a conversation, you know? I think my my approach is that you've kind of got to fill your USB with tracks that, you know, kind of um, cover lots of vibes. Yeah, just co- exactly. Get, but you also don't want your, I don't know, 10,000 tracks on there because no, no, no. that's just overwhelming and there's too, too much, much and you're choice. like, well, you know, yeah. spend too much time going, oh God, so you need to, you know, you need to carefully think to an extent, but you don't want to just maybe completely create your place. So I'm sticking to this because you don't know what the vibe is. The vibe might change and and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was going to think because you already kind of alluded to the fact that Malig was not too far from Gibraltar. Are you going to be mm-hmm. popping in for tea at your parents' house? No, they actually need me for lunch, which is quite nice. nice. I'm landing, going straight for lunch. Few They're not going to come and see you at the gig? No, <laughs> I, I don't think that's their thing, which is cool. But uh, like I said, my friends are coming, which is which is quite nice. nice. That's lovely. Um, so yeah, it's going to it's gonna be good, man. I'm, I'm very much excited for it. Brilliant. Wish you luck with that. And um, I know another big thing that you've got coming up is the Sun and Snow Festival, which is also yeah. in Spain in the in the beautiful surroundings of the Sierra Nevada. Yeah, that's right. Man. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's not officially been announced yet, but like uh, I will be playing in the in Sun and Snow Festival, um, which is very, very, very exciting as well. Uh, it's a festival I've been going to for a few years now. Um, and yeah, I've always gone to Sierra Nevada like from from a young age. It's a it's a skiing location in in the town of Granada. It's just up the mountain. Um, so I don't know. It feels a bit like uh, like ritualistic, you know. Like mm. I always end up going there, but now I'm going there for like oh I did go for skiing, then I went for skiing and partying, and now I'm going to play and ski as well. Mm. So it's just, it's just nice, you know. Like it, especially when you go somewhere so much, how like things change. Uh, and evolve. I don't know. It's it's cool. And some yeah. big names on the, on that kind of roster as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ivory and Enelia mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be exciting. Brilliant. Man. It'd be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. It's just nice to to be able to play. You know, yeah. finally, like after after a lot of work. What well, I say, a lot of work. There's people that have been doing this longer than me, but you know, yeah. Electric communion conversations. Well, thank you very much for joining me on um, my podcast, uh, mm-hmm. episode two. Personally, I think 2023 is going to be a really fantastic year for you. And I you. look forward <laughs> to kind of following you. And um, I certainly will be kind of bigging you up on um, my Instagram. Thank you. Man. Um, and yeah, um, really appreciate it coming down. Tell us a little bit just before you you sign off mm-hmm. uh, you know where can listeners find out more about you follow you yeah sure so you can get me on instagram uh, i think it's reg.music or reg underscore music something like that it's um, reg.music again just good to clarify that it's r-e-j isn't it yeah. not r-e-g r-e-j dot music uh super easy to, to to find i hope and then uh on soundcloud i think it's also like reg reg.music um but yeah, as as uh, we mentioned earlier, got the the Mumbai Records VA coming out, um, which I'm very excited about. Also have an EP on Reculture out in the next few months. Um, then we'll be following on that with uh, one from Hal Antoine and Maglia. 
And then there's a few other things, you know, along the way that I can't really talk about just yet. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, exciting things in the pipeline, which, uh, you know, very excited for this year. So amazing. Yeah. Okay. Again, thank you very much for uh, thank you, agreeing to be my second guest. Thank you also to Fade, uh, my first guest who, uh, again, uh, agreed to the Laundry Studio. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please check it out. And you can also follow Fade at Fade, that's F-A-I-D-E underscore music. Once again, thank you very much, Reg. And thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Your feedback is very much appreciated. Don't forget you can follow me on the Instagram handle at electric underscore communion for updates on future podcasts. You can also follow me on SoundCloud where you'll find a plethora of past mixes, past radio shows that I've done. And you can also check out the uh, previous podcast with Faye there as well. Electric Communion, conversations in club rooms.